All right, we're good. Whenever you're ready. Okay, just tell me. Yep, good. Like, go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Electic Entertainment Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me, as always, my brother, Chris. How are you doing? What's going on, Ryan? What's going on, everybody? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited for this episode. This is an episode we talked a little bit about uh, doing uh, not too long ago, uh, and I feel like it's a a good episode or a good topic to have an episode on, and what I'm talking about is uh, movie soundtracks, music. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we think about movies and TV shows and film, and one of the major components of movies or tv shows is the music because we can all agree that music is kind of the universal language in the world and having music incorporated in tv shows and movies it just i mean it changes the whole aspect the whole dynamic of your viewing experience uh because you can watch a movie or a tv show yeah, I mean, the the music is what makes a lot of the movies that are out there, right? Ryan? Did I lose you? Yeah, there we are. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, All I right. can hear you. Yeah, hey, I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah, where where did I where did it, where did it cut off at? Um, so I'll get rolling. So yeah, uh, music is what makes a lot of these movies, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. So before we before we get into a lot of those, which I know you're going to have um, some top soundtracks that you're going to want to touch on and the music um, that kind of made those films. I want to talk about kind of the billboard side of some of the top soundtracks. But before we get into any of that, um, what's hit your mailbox recently or what have you picked up? Uh, I know we had we kind of took a break from that last episode because we knew we had a lot to cover then. Uh, kind of picking up there. What what's been uh, some new things you picked up over the last couple weeks? Yeah, so uh, a couple really neat items that I got in the mail uh, that I'd ordered through Amazon, and one of them, uh, and I kind of mentioned it to you uh, before, is a really neat box set collection on the if you remember it uh they 
it was kind of a big franchise throughout the late seventies and throughout the eighties. Is out. Uh, what I'm talking about is the uh, the Amityville Horror uh, franchise. Uh, I'd picked up um, a really neat box set collection on the first three films in that franchise. Uh, the first one, the original. The second one called The Possession, and their third entry in the franchise was actually their. It was a 3D. Um, version uh it was kind of their foray into the because at the time that 3d was um kind of a big thing uh when uh this one came out but yeah it's a really neat uh box set collection from the boutique uh vinegar syndrome uh and it's a real neat uh kind of like old haunted house uh is is it vinegar syndrome or did it uh come out through shout factory Uh, it might, it might, yeah, you might be right. It might be sh- or Scream Factory. Scream Factory, yeah. I think it might yeah, be. I think it might have came out through Scream, actually. What's yeah? What's neat about it is, uh, yeah, it's like an old. It's like the it's kind of the outline of the Amityville house. Yeah, and the, the roof you can pull the roof off the top, and and it's in a real neat little digi book uh, booklet on the inside. But yeah, it's the first three. Now they made quite a bit of sequels in that franchise i think they made like either eight or nine films but this is like the first three that were uh yeah kind of a, a big hit uh, in the beginning i've seen that release i don't have that one uh the amityville horror collection that i've got i actually picked up at a disc replay it's a four disc it has the three first three movies like uh what you're describing there, but this is a DVD set that was released through uh, MGM DVD. It's got a bonus disc in this collection that is uh, Amityville Confidential. It's a featurette uh, that kind of has some extras exploring the fascinating true story behind the Amityville series. So I think I've yeah. watched like the... Uh, oh, and, and those were from... The History Channel, but I think I've watched the first two, maybe. I don't think I've seen all three of the Amityville horror movies. Yeah, they, uh, I came across, and I've, over the years, I've, I've seen some of these on, uh, on TV, and, and, uh, and I, and I had the original one, I think, maybe on DVD, but I, I really liked the, I really liked the, presentation of this kind oh, of box yeah. that um, they kind of went all out and especially I can't wait to see the, the quality of them too because they're uh, they're uh, uh, there's a blu-ray release so I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how how good the picture quality is on these but yeah they made several several sequels uh, in that franchise and and uh, and I think the latest uh sequel in that franchise i think i believe it came out just a couple years ago like 2018 but yeah i'm excited about that one and then another thing that i picked up in the mail is uh we talked about it too a little bit um is like it's kind of a classic uh and i think you you have a copy of it but it's the uh john carpenter uh classic film the fog uh, starring uh, Tom Atkins and also uh, a Jamie, young Jamie Lee Cur- Curtis. Oh yeah, uh, it's a uh, screen or shout factory release. 
under the screen factory release banner but yeah it's it's um i think he he i think it it didn't come out i think just like a year or two right after halloween came out or maybe it was the year was it the year before or year after halloween i I know it was like the late 70s so let's see um 1980 okay so just a couple years after halloween yeah because halloween dropped in 78 so two years later yeah so during that time he was definitely um very busy with kind of back to back and yeah it was neat that he had put uh jamie lee curtis uh in the film and also uh tom atkins because tom atkins he's he was kind of a fixture in horror films from the fog to halloween three season the witch and then night of the creeps in the mid 80s so he's a uh, very good very good actor uh you know in the horror genre so yeah i can't wait to see like the quality of uh, this release in the fog because yeah i i kind of growing up years ago I, i'd always seen the fog on tv and um always yeah i always enjoyed that film so i'm glad to ha- i'm glad to have a good uh uh, like a good quality release of it, so I'm looking forward to watching. So, what about you? What uh, what have you picked up? Yeah. Um, before I I talk about any of mine, um, maybe we'll get into, and maybe it's on your list for soundtracks. But talking about John Carpenter, Carpenter, it's like wow, <laughs> yeah. um, the scores he had wrote and um, or written, and the music involved in all of his films uh, that he was director of but also wrote music for was pretty amazing oh yeah he um, some of the count i mean all of his films he was very uh precise in in the scoring of it from yeah the fog to halloween to they live and they all they all had their own unique sound that's speaking of him specifically john carpenter like these films uh, that he had scored, they were, I mean, very distinct and very different because you can hear, you just, you could hear the, the difference in, um, in all of these films. Yeah. Uh, and for sure. Uh, so a few things I picked up, I did end up getting uh, scream. The 25th anniversary edition has hit uh, 4k. I got it in, a Steelbook Best Buy exclusive, which was pretty cool. Haven't got a chance to open that up and uh, watch it yet to see how nice the picture and sound is. Uh, but I did pick that up. I picked up another 4K, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Actually got this on a Black Friday. I guess November is like the month of Black Friday sales, so... I ended up picking yeah. it up for like ten bucks, uh, so which was very cheap. It's like a four-hour movie. Um, I've watched uh, some of it, like I had streamed it when it because I had a HBO Max at the time, and I think it hit that when it came out in theaters and then was released on HBO and uh, was able to watch a little bit of it there. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, so I picked this up to kind of finish that movie out and check it out i order actually 
another 4K, and then I'll jump to some Blu-rays that I got. I ordered this one off Amazon. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary edition of Field of, the Dr- Field of Dreams. Remember that movie? Oh yeah, with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a classic. It that's, was uh, it was cool to eight. see. Like this, since it was the 30th anniversary, they had a baseball game on that diamond, uh, which was pretty cool. And he may, I think he may have threw the first pitch or something. Walked out this year. Uh, yeah, with, that that was. Uh, over, yeah, wasn't that over the summer? Over, I think. Yeah, yeah, over this past summer. That was pretty cool. So that's kind of what uh, sparked me to want to get this. I haven't seen this movie in years. So came out on 4K this year. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to pick that up. It was pretty reasonable off Amazon. I picked up a... It uh, seems like Nicolas Cage is like in every uh, movie that comes out every week. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just like every... Um, every week it's like a new movie is on the shelf yeah. and Nicol- Nicolas Cage is the star of it. I picked up a movie called Pig, uh, which I have no idea what this is like. It was pretty reasonable. Uh, I think I got this at Walmart, but I thought it'd be worth a watch. So I thought, what the heck, try it. I did yeah. end up getting, uh, my son and I have been watching um, Mandalorian and kind of going back and watching some of the Star Wars. I, I started looking into, because I had thought they had uh, put together a, uh, what was it, a, a, a de-specialized um, uh, fan-made film of the original saga. So Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, they have... Like the the way you would originally see it in the theaters back in uh, set what was it seventy seven yeah seventy seven when uh, it started eighty and then eighty three because they were all like yep. three years uh, time span yeah so I ended up finding these from a guy that uh, I've actually gotten quite a bit of different kind of fan made cuts of films and you know the guy I'm talking about. I picked up uh, the Star Wars saga with the uh, despecialized edition. So I'm going back through and watching it without the CGI stuff or any of the changes they've made throughout the years. So it's pretty cool to actually see that original, the way it was originally intended to watch. Yeah, because I see so many uh, articles and um, I've seen so many people talk about how with them uh the original trilogy those three that you know when they've been re-released these past few years in different um kind of anniversary editions and if blu-ray and 4k and whatnot and they're um uh, you know, they george lucas went back in and put all the you know all the cgi in them original trilogies and 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 i'm on the same side of the fence with a lot of people like those are that original trilogy yeah it should be seen the way it was originally cut you know originally yeah. made no cgi so yeah i'm jealous that that's gonna be a really neat watch to see um how they were shown in theaters back in back in the day yeah i watched the uh and i'm i'm okay with the changes it's just the problem is the original uh film is not 
commercially available. Like Disney has not put it out on, uh, and even on a streaming service, the ability to watch that original without the enhancements. And, and I think the enhancements are, are fine. Um, but for films kind of historic preservation, uh, it seems like they would come out with an addition that had those available to watch. I picked up all of the Star Wars, uh, f- every every um, film out there, all the way up until uh, the latest with the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, seems like they would make those available on those 4K releases as an option to go back and, and watch it, but they just haven't. And I don't know the reasons why, but it would be nice if they would just release them commercially so that people can see them. But these are fan-made films that I know um, people had put hours and hours and hours of work into trying to get it back to what it would have originally looked like sitting in the seat, uh, watching it back in the 70s and 80s. So I've watched the first one, a little bit of the second, um, and yeah, it's it's pretty neat to watch. Uh, What's neat, though, that you bring up Star Wars, because kind of it's been in the news lately with um i think they're getting ready to start up on production that uh disney streaming service uh they're getting ready to um go into production i think on that new star wars series called uh obi-wan kenobi yes because i've read a lot about it with uh, and i think they're gonna have uh the darth vader character in it so um so that's neat yeah that Disney's, you know, they're continuing to do a lot of things with this franchise from the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, they're working on, yeah, I mean, they've got another season of the Mandalorian, I believe, that they'll start filming, or I think start filming next year, or come out next year at some point, but then I think they're doing a uh, story of Boba Fett, and they're just taking off on all these storylines with all these main characters, so it's pretty cool. Uh, It's neat to see that, because that is such a it's so ingrained in our culture and it was such a successful franchise that it's yeah. good to see that continue in, in, in this day and age. Oh yeah. And they'll continue that. Cause they're, I mean, that's a cash machine there. I mean, they're making hard to, I know they spent a lot to buy it, but look at the money that they've made back uh, with all oh, these films and all the other things that go along oh. with it. They're going to reap, reap the benefits for years to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just look at the Star Wars world in uh, Disney, and, you know, I mean, it's amazing. It, it's like a, it's like you're walking on a set in the world of Star Wars, uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's neat. I like I like to see them expand uh, that world. So, all right, we jumping in to soundtracks. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, you you lead the way because um, I know this was your idea too. Uh, so let's start with what you've got on the list, and then I've uh, just kind of been doing some research on the side and just kind of want to share, and maybe some of them that you're going to talk about following this list. But kind of the 20 best selling movie soundtracks of all time based on Billboard records. Yeah. So. Uh, when we kind of talked about this, it really, I mean, yeah, it really piqued my interest and got me excited because like I said, like I mentioned earlier, that music 
is yeah so ingrained in our culture and it's kind of just this universal language because we listen to music uh, every single day whether we kind of want to or not you you're always hearing it so yeah. having music in these films these tv shows it just it, it you know obviously enhances uh your experience and it it just changes the whole aspect of the show or the the film it makes it completely different because it you know if you'd watch it without the music or uh sound cues or anything in the background if you'd watch it without it 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 play it takes a different take it plays completely different so mm-hmm. yeah so films and tv shows having uh, this added layer uh so to speak of uh of of your experience it, it just enhances it so uh yeah one of them kind of I have a handful, um, but I'll kind of run through them real quick. Uh, one, like right off the bat, uh, and this kind of more plays towards um, actual songs in, in, in a film. And the film I'm talking about, it came out in uh, 1977 starring uh, a young John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And the film I'm talking about is Saturday Night Fever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a film that really highlighted at the time a very popular successful uh uh band at the time uh, the Bee Gees and it really catapulted them into huge fame uh they wrote quite a bit of the song or pretty much all the songs in that film uh and it uh for the world I mean it made them even more known because when the film came out yeah it was the tail end of the 70s um disco was kind of on its way out but it had kind of a kind of a rebirth right there in 1977 and disco i mean it just blew up right there um but yeah the bgs uh they wrote songs specifically for this film songs like uh staying alive uh mm-hmm. jive talking night fever uh how deep is your love more than a woman um so they had quite a bit of hits uh and actually um that soundtrack for that film uh i mean it they because uh, i mean it could i'd say it's probably up there as one of the most selling uh movie soundtracks of all time I'm, i might be wrong but no, I think it's you're up right there. so uh we'll probably have to just mingle in some of my stuff with yours because uh if you look at billboard and the 20 top selling movie soundtracks of all time your first one there is the number two best selling of all time at 16 million units wow that's that's a lot now that makes me curious because i haven't really seen that list so i'm curious as to what number one is but do you want to hold off on that i'll hold off on that yeah we'll we'll as you kind of identify them we'll we'll see if they rank or where they rank on this top 20 list over here okay um so yeah, that film, obviously it it was a success. I think they hit a home run with it. Um, and when you can get an audience or uh, a viewer so invested in the film by using the music and them songs, I mean mm-hmm. that just it makes the experience even better. Uh, so yeah, that, they definitely um, uh, definitely delivered on that film. So another one um, I wanted to highlight, and it was kind of a, um, it, they used kind of a collection of 
um, hit songs from different rock bands. Uh, the film I'm talking about came, it was came out in 1993, uh, directed by, uh, Richard Linklater. And it starred, uh, at the time, two really young actors who are very popular. Uh, I'm talking about Matthew McConaughey and Ben Affleck. Yeah. They starred in this little kind of coming of age story called, uh, dazed and confused. And, uh, and the, it kind of touched on kids kind of transitioning into adult life. It, the, it was their graduation night. They were going out partying, celebrating that they were getting out of high school. Um, so, uh, a lot of the songs that the film touched on were, um, uh, kind of like rebellious songs. You know, so one of them was, uh, schools out by Alice Cooper, mm -hmm. uh, rock and roll night by kiss sweet emotion by Aerosmith slow ride by fog hat. And these are a lot of, um, at the time, uh, they were, cause the story kind of takes place in that kind of, so the film came out in 1993, but the story kind of takes place in like the late sixties, um, kind of, early seventies. So they, they use a lot of that rock music, um, to kind of, uh, cut to kind of further the story. Uh, and it made for a really good film because a lot of them songs, uh, uh, everyone knew them. They were so popular and it made them even more popular. And it was, it was, um, it was a, I don't think it was as a successful soundtrack as Saturday night fever, but it, I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd say it was probably up there because yeah, it, they they used they were they really re relied heavily on um, rock music uh, in that film because like I said the story was mainly um, about the rebellious teenager and uh, but yeah it was um, especially yeah with that music it um, it played uh, uh, really well. Yeah, it didn't uh, make it on uh, the list I have, but in doing a little research um, in some other areas, just kind of looking at soundtracks, it it definitely ranks up there pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my this next one, I kind of want to touch on. Um, it don't it don't really fall on our criteria of seventies, eighties, and nineties. It misses it by just a couple of years, but I kind of wanted to highlight it anyways, just because of the film and the soundtrack. The film I'm talking about is um, came out in 1967, starred uh, Dustin Hoffman. It's called, um, and it's it's a classic film. It's called The Graduate. It um, it had music from at the time very popular folk rock group called Simon and Garfunkel. And the producers on the film, they had used because uh, because what was kind of neat about this film, they'd used some existing songs, some existing music from the band Simon and Garfunkel. One of the songs uh, that they used, uh, and they used it really throughout the film, and you can see it, and they really play the whole song through the opening sequence, and it's a really neat uh, opening sequence. But the song I'm talking about is. Um, uh, a song called "The Sound of Silence." They yeah. played it uh, in that opening scene from kind of start to finish, and then they kind of played it. Uh, they kept playing it uh, a couple handful of times throughout the film. Um, 
And so then they the producers actually went to Simon and Garfunkel and wanted them to write an original um an original song for the film and that's what that's the best thing too about films when you can get original music produced or original music written for a film i mean that just makes the film even better uh, and one of the songs they wrote and it became it was an instant hit it was they they found simon garfunkel found so much success and this song and it uh, and you'll know the song I'm talking about. Um, it's called Mrs. Robinson. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It, it originally um, <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel they they were kind of they had already kind of half wrote it and it was actually being called Mrs. Roosevelt and the director wanted them to change the name of the song to Mrs. Robinson because that's the name of the of the one of the main characters the the mother her name is Mrs. Robinson so. Um, so yeah, they found um, uh, a big hit in, uh, in in that song, and qu- you know it also made the song because you're talking about billboards. Like when that film came out, and that song, I mean, it was an instant number one song. I think they were one of the few bands to have like because when it came out, it was like that week. It was like the number one film. Uh, in the world and then that song was like at the top of the charts it was like number one in the world as well to have that um made uh it was just a really neat dynamic um uh so yeah they they on that one too yeah they definitely uh found uh quite a bit of success in uh in writing that that song and then as well as using their kind of existing music too it just Made the made the film just um, play so well, um, but yeah. So uh, those, and I've got um, I got one or two more um, uh, that I was wanting to highlight real quick. One of them is uh, this one was just kind of a, and I don't know if you'll know it or not, but um, it was kind of a, it was a musical comedy it was a musical comedy it came out in 1979 and it starred started young uh the main actress in it uh, her name's pj souls and i'm sure you know the what what she's from her fame is from the original halloween Mm -hmm. Uh, pj souls so she started she was the main actress in this movie and this movie was called um rock and roll high school and it was a, a kind of another coming of age kind of story uh and it revolved around this high school that um kind of uh banned all kinds of rock music so they brought in at the time the famous punk rock band the ramones and that's why it's kind of a personal favorite of mine they're one of my favorite uh old time bands but uh but yeah the, the film they used a lot of that band's music in it um uh from existing music and they wrote uh, one kind of original song, the actual title of the of the film, Rock and Roll High School. But yeah, they they use their uh, all their music kind of throughout the film. And uh, but yeah, it it plays different just because it's a musical. Yeah, um, it, it. I ended up uh, picking it up from Shout okay. Factory as a steelbook when they had one of their sales 
earlier this year. It it was pretty reasonable. Um, so yeah, I've actually I watched that not okay. too long ago. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, you know, at times cheesy, but, yeah. um, yeah. and, and actually it has a, it'll surprise a lot of people. It has a real young Clint Howard in it. If anyone knows Ron Howard, his younger yeah. brother, Clint Howard's in this of all films, you know? Huh. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a, um, it's a good watch. Definitely. For, yeah. especially for, for the music. Yeah. And then, uh, kind of one more I want to, I just want to touch on maybe before you go into this list is, um, and it's, it's gotta be up there for anybody. And what I'm talking about is the soundtrack of back to the future. Um, yeah, that's a good one. It's, uh, they just that, um, Huey Lewis. That, yeah. Oh yeah. Huey Lewis power of love. And not only that original music, but like the score I'm talking oh, about yeah, for sure. Mystery. What he composed is just so. At the time, it was just you. You it, you didn't hear it anywhere. I mean, it was so original. But yeah, Huey Lewis. I mean, the music it, writing "Power of Love" back in time. I mean, it really skyrocketed uh, him and his band. I mean, they they found so much success from uh, Back to the Future. And but that's the perfect example of writing original music for a film. I. I uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale going to uh, Huey Lewis and, and you know having him write some of these original songs and they just I mean yeah they stand the test of time and they, they I mean sometimes music makes the film and kind of in this case it did it the music definitely helped make this film without a doubt oh yeah yeah it it definitely set the scenes in a lot of them uh, throughout the film and in each each one of them, one through three. Oh yeah, uh, because they, because not only Huey Lewis, but then yeah, like you said in those sequels, I think part three, uh, they had uh, the popular band at the time, ZZ Top. ZZ Top, um, uh, they really highlighted and featured their music in that third sequel, and um, it just yeah, it just it for them to. Um, kind of get these uh bands and these artists um it yeah it just it made the film uh bigger than kind of what it was uh you know with that music it just um definitely definitely enhanced uh uh so many so many aspects uh uh in in those three films yeah so I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all 20. I'm going to start at 11 because okay. um, it's definitely a well-known film and one that stars uh, John Travolta, who has already been mentioned uh, with your the first one you talked about. So number 11 on this list, coming in at 8 million units sold, is a 1978 film, uh, Grease, which I know oh. a lot of people have probably heard of, seen, and another one that's just full of music throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and there again, that's that same band uh, with the Bee Gees uh, finding that, that same template, that same success that they had the year previous with Saturday Night Fever and yep. writing, you know, um, writing that huge hit for, for Grease. Yep, and... Um... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, a successful, not as much as, um, what did we say, uh, 
Saturday Night Fever, which comes in at like double. Uh, yeah. That was at 16 million units th- the year before that have been sold. So not as successful, but still another uh, successful um, kind of trend there with coming in that next year and still being on a top 20 list. Uh, so that comes in at number 11 on the list that I've got. And then a follow-up to that at another 8 million units is a movie from 2000. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, a lot of people probably had have. It's got uh, some good music sprinkled throughout it. It's actually kind of bluegrass sound, and that's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, so, yes. Yeah, do yeah. you remember, remember that movie and yeah, the, the um, hit songs that came out with it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think that main actor. <laughs> What's his name? He was... He played he played Batman in one of the uh, Batman movies in the nineties. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what's his name? Um, his. I'll do a a quick search while. Uh, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue too. Yeah, he was in. Um, gosh, which one? I think he was in. Uh, George Clooney. George Clooney, yeah, he was Batman and Robin or Batman Forever, one of those two in the '90s. But yeah, that's you're right. That that, that was yeah, I kind of forgot about that one. That, yeah. that had a had a really good soundtrack. So uh, moving on up the list, uh, number nine coming in a film from 1986 uh, with around nine million units sold for this film the soundtrack and that is the soundtrack of top gun oh yeah tom cruise yes yeah that was a and actually i think they were in the middle or they might have just wrapped it they were uh producing a sequel to that actually all these years yes yes yeah Yeah. and i don't know yeah i don't know when that's supposed to come out but yes i do know they were shooting that through the pandemic yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a really big soundtrack to that film. That was a that was a big release too for in the mid eighties. That was yeah, not quite as big as uh, this next film as number eight on the list. Uh, it is from nineteen eighty four, getting around nine million units sold, and that is the soundtrack for Footloose. Footloose, yeah. Wow, yeah. A lot Kevin, of good, a lot of good songs. Yeah. Kevin Bacon was the man. Yeah, that was, yeah that that was one of the yeah those were that was one of the bigger uh, one of the bigger films in the eighties. I mean, you could hear it. I mean, you'd hear that song all the time. Yeah, so you still hear it just to this day. You still hear it on the radio. Oh, yeah, for all- sure. I mean, there was a reboot of it too that came out. Um, but yeah, the the yeah, I mean, it was a movie about music and dancing and in a a it real tight knit. Uh, midwestern kind of town that they didn't allow yeah. it because of yeah if you haven't seen the movie go check out the movie we won't spoil it anything yeah. on here but it's definitely worth a watch so good music good soundtrack and a great movie oh yeah all right so moving up the list a disney film comes in at number seven and it is uh around 10 million units sold uh from 1994 and this had uh, some music by Elton John in it. Can you guess what number seven is? Ooh, wait, what year? 1994. 1994. 
Disney. The Circle of Life. Oh, Lion the King. The Lion King. Yes. Wow. That yeah. was that. Was, that was such a huge, huge hit for Disney. Um, I mean, it was such a big hit. I mean, look at what just a year or two ago they came out with that. Uh, kind of a remake of it, and but yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they had... yeah. Well, they had sequels to it. Then they had the live uh, animation, yeah, uh, film that came out. And then they actually got a Broadway show of The Lion King. So yeah, wow. definitely a big, big success there um, yeah. with The Lion King. A lot of good music in it. Uh, Kuna Matata. So oh yeah, yeah. cool. Number six from 1997, 11 million. Units sold. Celine Dion, can you guess what uh, film we're talking about here that had some big hits by Celine Dion? Celine Dion, ooh, 1997. It was a big ship that went down. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, Titanic. Titanic, yeah. Uh, Number six, 1997, Titanic coming in. Yeah. I mean, that's... A great, great movie, by the way. Um, I oh, think yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's out on. I think it's out on 4K, but I, I'm not positive. Yeah, uh, see, but it's yeah, it's definitely, be, definitely one yeah. I will be looking into getting. Um, now I, I don't know if it's out yet or not. I need to check that. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure it looks beautiful in 4K. Oh, I yeah, I definitely I'd be curious like with pertaining to this list i'd be curious as to what films are out there on 4k like grease saturday night fever because these are all-time classic films footloose uh yeah yeah it'd be um definitely worth uh checking into yeah it doesn't look like they have it doesn't look like titanic's out on 4k just blu-ray but that, i, I would say that's surprised. definitely that's gonna yeah, hit 4k yeah that surprises me that that was yeah, I mean, it's up there as one of the most gross films of all time. Yeah, uh, and I don't. So, what was the was the year that again? Ninety seven. Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that it's not out either. Um, anyways, yeah. all right. So, moving on. More of a definitely filled with music kind of movie um, based around dancing and has a eleven million units. Sold, and it comes from 1987, and it's Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that was, and that still is. That's that's a film that it's so many people's favorites. Um, not me personally, oh, yeah. but I've, I've seen it. Yeah, it's got really, really good music in it. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a kind of a feel-good movie um but yeah it's um definitely uh definitely worth definitely worth a watch yeah and i think i i don't think it's got a 4k either it looks like grease does um but dirty dancing may just be the blu-ray and it's got a 30th anniversary release so i do know the next one on the list here does have a 4k release and i believe it came out not too long ago um actually just released i don't know if i've got a a date here let me check real quick it is a 25th anniversary 
And when was the 40? Eh, I guess it was, a, may have been released back in 19, 18, 19 time frame. So anyways, the next one on the list at 12 million units came in 1994 and it is for Gump. Oh yeah, I yeah I figured you were gonna say that. Yeah, that that was a Jefferson Airplane, a, Leonard Skinner, very kind of a very yeah generational uh, soundtrack. Because oh, yeah. that that story, I mean, it takes place during that time frame. Yeah, uh, even though it came out in '94. Um, yeah, that's a that's such a good film. And I, yeah, d- yeah, didn't you say yeah? It's got 4K 4K release. Yep. Yeah, I I don't have it though. I need to look into getting it. Yeah. I, I the only I did purchase a Blu-ray of it not too long ago. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I definitely Any, need to get anything, that 4K. Yeah, anything Tom Hanks is, is I think is a must-have because he's just one of them just once-in-a-lifetime actors. Oh yeah, everything he's in is good for sure. Yeah. Um, number three, 1984. 13 million purple rain purple yes and you want to talk about music and film oh my it, gosh it get any better than prince yeah um yeah. yeah he in that film um because it's yeah it's kind of uh uh one of my favorites as well it's he it was very yeah original what he did because he's uh at the time he was such a very popular artist and he kind of wanted to kind of yeah tell his life through uh film and yeah he wrote he kind of done it at the same time he produced that film purple rain and and produced his at the time his next album purple rain so yeah he was kind of a neat situation there yeah for sure number two everybody already knows if you've been paying attention uh 1977 16 million units and that was saturday night fever so yes that was um definitely a big hit in uh late 70s there again yeah again i I think it was probably one of the yeah first films to kind of kickstart the kind of soundtrack era for films to have like to to make soundtracks kind of a a, a big deal. Um, I think it was yeah one of the first ones to kind of really take the time and incorporate music uh, into the film. But so yeah, I'm, this is I'm excited. I'm kind of yeah curious as to what number one is on this list. Yeah. So it looks like um, Saturday Night Fever is just on a Blu-ray release too, not a not a 4, okay 4K release. But, I'd say in the, that's probably, yeah, down the road, I'd say in the future, they'll give it a proper four. So. Let me see real quick on the number one. Because it would deserve it, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was just, um, yeah, it was such a great film. And because like, and, we can talk about it over and over, but yeah, just that music, just, it just, I mean, it just, the, the film, speaking of this one, it just flies by when with that music incorporated in it. It just, yeah, the music just helps it play so much better. Yeah, it looks like um, just a Blu-ray release of our number one here, too. I did end up, we were talking about things we picked up here recently. I only covered movies, but I did pick up a stack of vinyls that 
were on sale. And actually, the artist that is in this number one, I picked up a vinyl by her uh, because it was a greatest hits vinyl and it was pretty reasonable. They were like 15 bucks a piece. And it, I, I like to keep a variety of music in my record collection. So I picked up Motley Crue, uh, this artist. Okay. I picked up, I'll just tell you what I got while we're going through this. So let's see real quick. So I got uh, Motley Crue's Greatest Hits. Since we're around oh. Christmas time, I, I did a uh, Carrie Underwood a Christmas album, picked it up on sale. Uh, Nathaniel Ratcliffe in the Night Sweats. I'll tell yep. you, I got to move that one to the side. I don't want to cover that one yet. That'll give it away. Uh, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. I got a Trans Siberian Orchestra. Again, all these were on sale. Got Michael Jackson's Dangerous album. Got Daryl uh, yeah. Hall and John Oates Rock and Soul Part One. I got uh, Chris Stapleton's Traveler album. Picked up a album by the Lumineers. Got the Electric Light Orchestra. Got a Metallica. And I think that's it, other than this last one that I will share with you. Number one. Soundtrack at 18 million units. This comes from 1992. Uh, The vinyl I got is the best of Whitney Houston. And that film is the bodyguard. Oh, really? Wow. That, that, that's, that shocks me. That's very surprising. I I mean, I know the film. Yeah. I will always love you. Um, yeah, just the music that, um, I mean, Whitney's Whitney Houston's huge, right? Um, so I would say, yeah, that's what's, what drove a lot of that it was a good movie though uh for sure but um the music associated to it with whitney houston is definitely what drove a lot of that because i mean i don't there's not many that can top her voice um for that type of music yeah well and and then just figure wise i mean she you know she moved a lot of uh at her heights she moved a lot of uh, albums. I mean, she had a, you know, probably huge um, album sales, you know, during her popularity. So that, yeah, yeah kind of surprised me. But then it kind of again, it doesn't surprise me, um, uh, because yeah, the that film. Um, because I mean, we could look at these films, uh, this list you just gave, and we could kind of dissect them and be like, well, you know, uh, which ones you know, one film of the year, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. which one, which ones won, but, but definitely, yeah, I can see. Um, and you, you can look at one. it a, a lot of different ways too. Cause like, like if you look, um, best year at like in a shorter time frame, it changes kind of what the results are. Like some things that we haven't mentioned here that have been highly successful films and sold a lot of records. They just haven't had the time. Um, like the greatest showman. I mean, that was tremendous music. Uh, great movie, great music. 
and moving up the charts quickly. So, I mean, that's a really new release though, and it just hadn't had the time to gain the traction. So if like you look for a single best year, that was a huge album, a soundtrack album for that movie. You also think of things like Hamilton, that musical yeah, we, and movie. I mean, that's a that was huge too. These are really recent films uh, or musicals that um, yeah. have really successful soundtracks to them. It's just they haven't been around for very yeah. long. Or like Frozen, yeah. uh, other Disney yeah. movies like that. Or even look at the superhero, go into the superhero foray and look at the... Yeah. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. That was the yeah. That was the quintessential '80s soundtrack for a superhero mo- movie. Oh, it's probably sold quite a bit of units ever ever since its release. So, yeah, uh, yeah. some of these films that do have amazing soundtracks, they're yeah still fairly new, and uh, um, they just yeah, you're right. They need the time. Um, uh, and I think that's be- a good thing too, because I I mean the real recent movies with really good soundtracks. So I mean we're they're still putting out great stuff that is just yeah. really recent. So over time, I mean movies we know now when they look back thirty, twenty, however many years from now, we'll look back at these times and these movies and these this music and uh, who knows those will be on the top of the charts when when someone else is doing, or when we're still doing this podcast 30 years from now, looking back yeah. and doing another uh, soundtrack update episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like what we've talked about, it's kind of the music just, I don't know. It, it just changes your whole outlook on uh, whatever it is you're watching. I know it's, um, it just, yeah, it's definitely a benefit uh, for the viewer. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think this has been a really cool episode. So like uh, we always say, we talk everything 70s, 80s, 90s, and we dip into newer stuff too. But it's not just movies, but music, kind of all things entertainment. So it's uh, cool. I know we've talked a lot about movie stuff here over the past few weeks and the past few episodes. But we'll touch on different things like this. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as we have. So in closing, Ryan, anything else that uh, we need to leave them with? I'll just keep, uh, you know, keep keep uh, listening and uh, watching, um, you know, for like uh, – the latest uh, releases out there. Like I said, we try to touch on um, about every episode. We try to update kind of what we've got in, hitting our mailboxes or coming in. And I hope people out there um, uh, kind of are doing what we're doing too because kind of, that's kind of our passion is the you know, the physical media side of it. So yeah. I hope people out there are kind of still, you know, going out like us and buying these uh, TV shows and films, uh, in a, uh, in a physical media form. So, so yeah, just, um, always out like I, like I am, I'm, I'm always out, you know, looking online for, uh, just anything that piques my interest. So, so yeah, people out there just, you know, keep looking, finding 
uh, what uh, what piques your interest. Yeah, for sure. Keep the uh, keep the physical media side of things alive and well by going out and supporting boutique labels or just, I mean, physical media in general. Uh, I know we catch a lot of things through some of the used stores. I know as uh, people kind of change things out in their collection, it's a good opportunity to get out and find some unique things, maybe at a, a cheaper price. But yeah, keep building the collection, keep pulling things off the shelf, watching uh, and no better way to experience the films, music, what have you, than in kind of that physical form. I mean, we talk, I just gave a list of vinyl records that I just picked up. Uh, yeah. It's always nice when you can just pull it off the shelf or kind of out of the storage area and throw it on whenever. Because when, when you try to do things by streaming, it's not always there, um, not maybe always as yeah. easily or uh available as we'd like it to be as you build uh, the physical media collection it's always on the shelf for you to be able to pull off whenever you're wanting to check it out so uh like ryan says i i would say pull something off the shelf check it out uh give us a like and a subscribe that way you can get up to date on all of the episodes that come out uh as well as the other the other feeds we have in whatever media group and um share with us some comments, give us some, some feedback on future episodes you'd like to see. So until next time, I'm sure we'll be back with another update on what's hitting the mailbox and what we picked up. So a lot of exciting things to come. So if you aren't subscribed, hit subscribe. That way you get up to date as soon as we get these episodes uploaded until our next episode, we will see you all later.